at it backwards. You allow what God has done for you to determine your praise. He's already brought you out. He's not going to bring you out. He's already brought you out. He's not going to get you victory. He's already given you victory. He's not going to heal your body. He has already healed your body. He's not going to answer your prayers. Any prayer that you've ever prayed, he's already answered before you would ever pray it. Before the situation ever arose, he already had an answer for it. Amen. Why? Because the enemy has been defeated. And death couldn't hold you down. We're going to lift our voice in victory. We're going to make our praises loud. Think about it. He's already been defeated. pray now that you would just cause us to have ears to hear, a heart to receive, and a will to draw near to you today. We thank you for your word that your coming does not take us by surprise or unaware, but that we can be prepared and ready for your coming. And so we ask you now in these next few moments today that your word would become just alive in us and let us experience your goodness and your grace that you've extended toward us today in Jesus' name. Amen. In Matthew chapter 24 and in Luke 21, it tells us specific signs that we can look for before the coming of the Lord. He says that there will be signs in the earth. In chapter, in verse 7 of Matthew, he said there will be earthquakes in various or divers places. Since 1900 to 1960, they would continually uh, keep up with earthquakes. There would be two to three earthquakes a year reported between the years of 1900 and 1960. Since 1968, earthquakes have gone off of the chart. They cannot even keep up with them all. In 2013, 2013 alone, there were 314 earthquakes in Oklahoma alone. Brian Williams reported that there were over 400 earthquakes off of the coast of Oregon in one day. Today, while our first service was going on, an hour and 15 minutes there were in the world, there were two earthquakes uh, in the world in that hour and 15 minutes. Over the past 24 hours, there have been 57 earthquakes. False prophets will rise. Matthew verse 5, he said, For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will deceive many. It's amazing to me how people will quickly embrace a lie, but will not embrace the truth. We'll grab a hold of some Johnny-come-lately that came out of some circle singing kumbaya and smoking dope and will embrace his message 
but will not embrace one that for 6,000 years has proven that his word is true. But it's happening. It's happening. Ethnic wars in verse 7 talks to us about, and Matthew talks to us about ethnic wars, where that nation will rise against nation. When you look at that word nation, it's translated nationalities. And we are seeing it unfold before our own eyes in our own nation. It is my personal opinion, and that my, only my personal opinion, I have no statistics or haven't sought it out to see that it's true, but only my personal opinion that over the past six years that our nation has become more racially divided than any time in my life. We are seeing the signs of the times as St. Louis, just north of St. Louis, that town that has been in warfare and been in riots for months now over a racial divide. We see famines that are taking place. The Bible said that there would be famines and there would be pestilence. We know today that on the world scale, there are people that are starving to death because their nation does not have food to feed their people. We know that there are people that die even here in America. There are children going to bed hungry. We also know that because of pesticides that have been put up on the food in our country today, you can no longer eat anything. Right? If you, if you eat, you know, the potatoes, they'll make you sick. And if you eat the beans, it'll cause you to have something else. And, and nobody can eat nothing anymore. One thing causes you cancer and the other will cause tumors and something else will cause something else to pop up on you. My Lord, you can't even drink the water. Amen. If you listen to all the things that people tell you you can't do anymore, you, you would just starve to death because you can't eat nothing and you can't drink nothing. But glory to God, we're going to get out of here one way or another, so you might as well be happy. Amen. Just eat what you can. <laughs> Lower to God. He said men's hearts will fail them. Men's hearts will fail them for the expectation of things to come. According to CDC in 2014, every year 720,000 Americans have a heart attack. 26.6 million people have heart disease. People are fearful of losing their job. People are fearful of disease, of cancer, of heart disease, of Ebola. Over 3,000 people have died from a disease that they don't know how or what, what the cure is. Well, how, how do you stop it? And now from one side of the world to the other, people are fearful of this Ebola. It's raging. The scripture talks about in Luke chapter 21, verse 25, he said, the sea and the waves will roar. The, there is major waves that have hit not only our country, but the, the world. In 2004, in the Indian Ocean had a tsunami. It was an earthquake in divers places. And it was among the deadliest natural disaster in human history, where nearly 290,000 people were killed and missing 
in 14 countries that bordered the Atlantic Ocean, Indian Ocean. In August the 29th of 2005, Hurricane Katrina hit the, the, the uh, New Orleans, this major city in America, and wiped out 90% of the city. And, and you would think that that would cause a, a place that to, to turn to God. But I, I, I've, I'm not a world traveler by any means, but I can tell you this, that I've been to the nations of the earth and I've been to a lot of cities in America and there is never, I have never visited a more, a, a, a spirit that hovers over a city more than the spirit of New Orleans. That is a demonic spirit from hell. But I want to tell you that that thing, I'm, am I saying that, that God, no, I'm telling you that, that it would cause me to begin to think but we go on with our lives as though that we have no signs. We go on with life as if nothing has changed. And we can go on and on. We can go into Ezekiel chapter 38, the, the war of Ezekiel 38. And we can see there that, uh, that uh, it talks about the fowl of the air coming to Israel. In the, in the latter part of that chapter, after the war takes place, the fowl of the air will come in. And they, they tell me that over this past few years that, that the birds, predatory birds, have migrated into Israel that have never been seen there before. In fact, there are 172 species of, uh, of these predatory birds that have come into Israel. What does that tell you? It tells you that the cleanup crew is already in place for the battle that's about to take place in Israel. Millions of Jews are returning to Israel. Why? Have no work. They don't have the work. They don't have, there, there, there is nothing there that says, hey, why don't we go back to Israel? I'll tell you why. Because scripture says that they will go back to their homeland. And it's not just that, but it is a sign to us. Literally millions of Jews are returning to Israel each and every year. Signs in the heavens. The Bible said in Luke 21 and 25 that the blood moon, the moon will be give a sign to us. We know the blood moons that are taking place here in 2014 and 2015. There's always been a connection between the blood moons and Israel. And not only is there a connection between the blood moons and Israel, but there is also a connection to uh, the church, the body of Christ. There is blood moons that happened in 1906, 1948, and 1967. In 1906, Israel said uh, a southern border separated itself from Egypt. And then we see in the spirit that Azusa Street revival took place. Here in America, whenever you look at uh, history of America, they, what formed America in that century, it is written in the history books. You don't have to go to the Bible or to religious leaders, but you can find it in the history books. They say that the Azusa Street Revival is one of the things that formed that century. 1948, Israel becomes a nation. 
And then we see the latter rain movement begins in the church, emphasizing the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Not only the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but there was a great healing revival that took place. And when you trace back the healing ministries, they all go back to 1948, the beginning roots of that, where that it began to speak to us and say that God is not only our Savior, but he is our Holy Spirit baptizer, and he is also our healer. Can somebody get excited about that today? 1967, Israel won the Six-Day War and made Israel its cap. Or, excuse me, Jerusalem its capital. People said that Israel could never win. They counted them out, but in six days they overtook their enemy. Glory to God! And we see that they made Jerusalem their capital. And we see in the spirit that Jesus movement began. The church, uh, with millions of gang members and teenagers, would come to Jesus and begin to follow Jesus Christ and the charismatic renewal began during that time. After the blood moon, Israel always has been engaged in a war. The blood moon of 2014, April the 15th and April or October the 8th is Passover and Tabernacles. They were in war with Palestine. Now you can mess with Israel, but you can't defeat Israel. In Gaza, the newspapers read this. It said, hourly miracles keep Israel safe. (laughs) It said in the headlines, on the front page, it says, their God changed the path of our rockets in midair. You see, I want to tell you that God keeps Israel. And just as sure as God keeps the natural Israel, he keeps the spiritual Israel, his church. He said, not even the gates of hell will prevail against us. Glory to God. And so I want to tell you today that it's not a discouraging thing. It's an encouraging thing. And knowing that great days are ahead for the kingdom of God. There's people that will tell you this thing is winding down, but I'm here today to declare to you it's winding up. We're not going down we're going up. We're not about to fizzle out. We're about to see the greatest outpouring of the Holy Spirit that the church has ever seen. And I believe today is a day that we can embrace what God desires to do in the earth and say, I'm ready for what God has in this last day. Can you give him praise this morning? You say, well, why why are you excited? Because I believe that there is a move of God. If that is the pattern of God that he lays down for a foundation for us to know that the last days are coming, then I'm excited because of these next blood moons that are coming next year. We don't don't follow the signs, right? (laughs) I said, we don't follow the signs. I know some people can't go out until they get the newspaper and see what their sign says for the day. But I don't care if you've been born under no parking sign. You'll get that on the way home. We aren't to go after signs, but we don't ignore signs. And we know the signs of the time are leading us to the coming of the Lord. 
And so the reality is that there is not just going to be wars, but there is going to be an outpouring in this last day. And I'm excited because I believe that Malachi chapter 4 and verse 6 is what's going to be fulfilled. That before the coming of the Lord, there will be a return of the hearts of the fathers uh, to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. We're living in a fatherless society today. I said we're in a fatherless society today. And God is about to turn this thing around that in this last day that the, the, the heart of the father will return to the children and the heart of the children will return to the father. What are you trying to say, Pastor? What I've been trying to tell you for two years now. There is a multi-generational move of God that's going to hit this nation. Amen. And some people say it's going to come through the young people. And other people say it's going to be an emergent of the old saints but I want to tell you the young people don't have the power to bring it and the old people don't have the strength to bring it to pass but when generations bring themselves together there is an anointing that will come and if there's a power of God that will supersede anything this world has ever seen and I'm fully looking forward to it he said in the last days he said don't get weary don't give up don't quit he said in the last days I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, white flesh, black flesh, young flesh, old flesh. I'm going to pour my spirit out. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. That's a younger generation. Your old men shall see visions. That's an older generation. But he said, I'm going to bring it all together. And there's going to be an outpouring like the world has never seen. I'm excited today. I'm not going down, but I'm going up. And God's glory is going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea and I get to be a part of it. Glory to God. Come on and praise him right here. Peerless, perilous times will come. Violence, hatred, riots. The church's climate of this end day. Timothy, Second Timothy said, in the last day, peerless times shall come. When men shall be lovers of of themselves more than lovers of God, having the form of godliness, the form, just the form, the shell, but don't have no power. Looks good on the outside. Kumbaya, glory to God. But don't have no power. Huh? Thank God, get you a kumbaya if you don't have one. You need one. Worship the Lord like, like it's your last chance to worship him because it might be. But in the midst of it all, make sure you've got some power to back up your kumbaya. Make sure that you've got the power and the authority and the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon your life. Because you see, the church today, the climate in this last day, he said, peerless times shall come. And he said, there'll be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. People can stand for 45 minutes to ride a roller coaster that lasts 10 seconds. And get upset if they have to stand worshiping for 30 minutes. And then talk about God is my God. Baloney. Huh? That's Greek if you didn't know it. Baloney. 
Amen. Come on. God's been better to us than Sea World, Cedar Point. God's been better to us than a mouse. Come on, somebody. But we got pleasure. We want to love on the pleasures of this world more than the ple- the love of God. But when you fall in love with love with the lover of your soul, amen, worship never lasts too long. The word is never too much because we love on him and we want his presence. We want his power. We want his anointing in our lives. Amen. And we've got to understand today that there's never been a time in our history of the church where that there is more pleasures of the world than there are the lovers of God. No sound doctrine, but teachers who would teach people to feel good. It's not my job. I hope that you feel good when you leave here. But it's not my job to make you feel good. Everyone should not come to church and feel good. Amen. You got sin in your heart, sin in your life, sleeping with somebody else's wife. You ought not be able to come up in the church and feel good about that. I'm preaching better than you're letting on today. There are, I thank God today for something called Holy Spirit conviction that will still convict us of sin and of righteousness. Where that we say, hey, it isn't about me feeling good. It's about the kingdom of God being in me. Glory to God. And you see, we've got all of these preachers today that want to, you know, you be happy, I'll be happy. And, and, and I don't want to get on a hobby horse today, but I want to tell you that we've got, we've got a lot of preachers that have got a national platform that need to go get them a job at a pie factory somewhere because they won't stand for nothing. They won't stand for righteousness. They won't stand up for the word of God. They're afraid to stand against this spirit of Sodom that's come into our nation. And they are not worthy to be called a minister of the gospel. I'm telling you, we need to rise up today and say it's not about what I think. It's not about what I feel. But it's about the kingdom of God and his word. Heaven and earth will pass away. But his word will never pass away. But we've been taught this. We've been taught this. We've been taught. We've been taught. Get along with everybody. It's quiet here today. Get along with everybody. Don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Because that wouldn't be nice. Our forefathers went to war over tea. Huh? And we are being bullied around by an antichrist spirit. And we're supposed to stay behind our stained glass windows, keep our mouth shut, don't get involved in government, don't get involved in politics, don't get involved in our city, just worship your God in your little, uh, your little sanctuaries, but don't never try to impose God. And I want to tell you something, America was founded upon God. 
I said our forefathers put their lives in jeopardy so they could come to this place and worship God in spirit and in truth. We're not trying to impose anything. We're trying to reinstate what our forefathers built this place on. And there's a spirit of Sodom that's running rampant across our nation today. They're taking the, 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 the Antichrist spirit is alive and well. They take the Ten Commandments out of our schools. They take the Ten Commandments out of our judicial system and all of the government buildings. And nobody says nothing. They're scared to death of a picture of Jesus. Don't even look like Jesus. Over here to our west, over here in a school last year. You remember that? All over the news, they're fighting and warring. Got a picture of Jesus, scared to death of it. You can put Buddha in every class and nobody's scared. Huh? Come on, somebody. You can talk about Krishna, you can talk about Islam, you can bring ISIS in and nobody will say anything. Hang up a picture of Jesus and everything goes crazy. Why? I'll tell you why. Because there's power in that name of Jesus. I said there's power in that name of Jesus. Principalities and strongholds can't stand in the presence of Jesus. And so whenever we begin to declare the name of Jesus, the powers of hell and the antichrist spirit begins to raise its head. But don't you give up on it. Don't you back down from it. Say in the name of Jesus, greater is he that is in me than the that is against me today. Come on and praise him this morning. This spirit of Sodom is running rampant and, and, and we see it in California where that, that if you are a man, right, you a man, but you get up this morning and you feel like a woman, then you can use the woman's bathroom. Do I need to explain that anymore? Some of y'all looking like, oh, what's, what's he talking about, Sarah Bell? That's what I thought too when I heard that. What? We got a nation of gender benders. And nobody wants to say nothing. Making women out of our boys and making boys out of our women. Huh? I'm going to tell you, whenever I was dating, I never dated anybody look like they could whip me. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Houston's doing the same thing. Wake up this morning, thank your lady, yet nature tells you you're not. Then you can go ahead and use whatever bathroom you think you are today. And then they can't figure out why rape is off of the charts in California. It has accelerated. It has escalated to the point that they, they can't even keep up with it. And they can't figure it out. The devil is a liar. The spirit of Sodom has come into our nation and we, we're afraid to take a stand against the mayor. And but I want to tell you that there is a demonic spirit that is raging up an antichrist spirit, a spirit of Sodom that's come to our nation. And it's time the church sees the times and the seasons that we're in and say we don't have the time to be passive. We don't have time to just sit back and have our religious services and do nothing about it. We've got to rise up and say this 
is the day of the Lord. Amen. The coming of the Lord is nigh and we have to reach out and we have to make an impact now because tomorrow may be too late. Peerless times shall come. Peerless means reduced strength. It means dangerous. And while the church has been been passive, the world has got aggressive. Amen. We've backed up off of the seven mountains that develop culture and we've allowed the world to dictate to us what our culture is going to be like. It's, a, it's like the church knows that we're right, but we don't have the strength to fight, to stand up against this spirit of Sodom, to stand up against this spirit that has come against our nation. But I want to tell you today that if we don't have the strength to stand up against the spirit of Sodom and the Antichrist, then you'll never be able to stand up against this whore of Babylon that's on its way. This Islamic spirit, make no doubt about it, is an Antichrist spirit. And we'll talk more about it next week. But I want to tell you that what we're seeing today, that ISIS is cutting Christians' heads off right now. They're taking women and children and hanging them to crosses. They're selling women for $2 a day. And their message is convert or die. You know what our problem is? They wholeheartedly believe in their gospel of death. But the church is yet to embrace wholeheartedly the gospel of life. And we've got to believe more in the gospel of life than they do the gospel of death. And we've got to say for me to die is Christ, but for me me to die is gain, but for me to live is Christ. And it doesn't matter. Uh, Yeah, nobody's signing up for it. Nobody is looking for uh, saying, here, kill me. But if it comes down to it, we say to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. If I wholeheartedly believe that in this gospel, then how are you going to... To threaten me with heaven. But our problem is we don't wholeheartedly believe it. These signs are given as hope because you see, if we did not have hope, we would run out and we would grow weary, wouldn't we? But God in his graciousness and kindness has given us signs of hope. I was studying and I found this and I thought it was interesting. Someone said that the odds of the Bible coming true. Listen to this. Are you ready for this? It said 36 quadrillion, 29 trillion, 797 billion, 18 million, 963,968 to one chance that Bible prophecy would ever come to pass. And yet, it's the only book. I said it's the only prophecy. Call it what you will, prediction, prophecy. But the Bible is the only book that 100% has been true and accurate. And there is no other Bible, there is no other name, there is no other prophecy that has ever been given that 100% has come true, but the Word of God has. 
I said the word of God has. If I didn't see signs coming, then I would get weary and give up. But no one gives up when they see the finish line. I said nobody gives up when you see the finish line. You run harder toward the goal. You run harder toward the finish line. And yes, what are you saying, Pastor? I'm telling you today that we're seeing the finish line. There's people that have said, well, I've heard that all of my life. I've heard all of these things all of our life. But we've never seen the signs that we're seeing today. Literally day after day, week after week, month after month, we see the signs of the Bible, biblical prophecy coming to pass to declare to us, get ready, get ready, get ready, because the Lord is about to descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God is going to sound. The dead in Christ are going to rise first and we who are alive and remain will be caught up to be with him in the clouds of glory. And so shall we ever be with the Lord in the air. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, we're about to see it fulfilled. And when you see the signs of the times, you don't give up. You speed up. Now, it's obvious whenever you look at me, I'm not much of a runner. If there ain't somebody bigger than me chasing me, there's no need of running. Amen. But I do hunt. And there was a day whenever I was bear hunting and we was uh, in the mountains here, east of here in the mountains, they were high and they were low. And for three times I went down this rocky cliff and down to the bottom up to the top down to the bottom up to the top and this bear kept on jumping out and running this way and then going down that way and 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 I know I wasn't in hell but I could see it from there I promise you this fat boy on the third round going up my legs were hurting things weren't working and I was I was out of it. I said, I, I just give up. I surrender. No bear or not. Just take me home country roads. And, and I laid down there by a, a log and I told my buddy, I said, I'd give a hundred dollars for a bottle of water. And he's, he, he walked up and we was on the top, almost three quarters of the way up this mountain. And, and he, we didn't, you know, wasn't smart enough to set where the, 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 you know, the truck was or anything. We jumped out in our excitement, started chasing. We didn't know where it was. We thought we might be close. And I was laying down there three quarters up the top of that mountain. I told him I'd give a hundred dollars for a bottle of water. He walks maybe 50 yards to the top of that thing, climbs up there and he hollers back to me and he said, would you still give a hundred dollars for a bottle of water? I said, yeah. He said, the truck's right here. Fifty yards away, I was ready to just give it up because I couldn't see the finish line. But I want to tell you today in the church, we're getting close to the finish line. And we may not see the exact time. We may not be able to see exactly when it's going to take place. But the signs are all around us that the coming of the Lord is nigh to us. Amen. But he gives us positive signs. What are those positive signs? He said the gospel shall be preached to the entire world. 
Whenever that was prophesied, people could not even begin to fathom or imagine how that was ever going to happen. But today, because of technology has exploded, just like the Bible said that knowledge would increase, we have satellites, we have internet, we have internet radio, we have Facebook, we have Twitter, we have parachurch ministries, we have church plant movement and revival that's going on all over the world. And right now, we're, we're live around the world because of technology. I want to tell you that the Bible is very clear and it has proven to be true. Yes, our minds could not fathom but God's word always comes to pass he said in this last day there would be an outpouring of his spirit that's the reason why some people given up but I'm just getting ready to go up I'm, I'm ready for his power and his presence to be revealed in our life in an unprecedented way amen he gives us two examples of what the rapture of the church will look like In Luke chapter 17, he said, And as it was in the days of Noah, so will it also be in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives. They were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Noah preached for 120 years and nobody gets saved. 120 years and nobody hears the message and is converted. 120 years he's working and saying, hey, get ready. It's going to rain. A flood's coming. And they laughed and said, the old man has rocked off of the porch. He's talking about rain coming out of the heavens. And everybody knows that rain doesn't come out of the heavens. It comes out of the ground. Because they had never seen it before. People are mocking today saying that church says Jesus is coming. And they say he's never come before. We've never seen no, nothing like that before. But I want to tell you as it was in the days of Noah so shall it be in the coming of the son of man. There is going to be a great outpouring of God's power, his presence, his spirit. As we indicated already, he said, I will pour my spirit out on all flesh, but it's up to us what we do with that spirit. But you see, Jesus is coming. I said, Jesus is coming. All of the signs have been fulfilled. We see that he is near his soon return. But whenever I thought about Noah, I thought about this. I thought that even though he had no converts, he still saved his family. You ought to invite everybody you can to come to the house of the Lord with you. There's one word that separates a growing church from a dying church. It's called invite. If you're not inviting people, the church is dying. But if you're inviting people, the church is growing. And so he he invited them, but nobody hearkened to his voice, but his family, the saving of his house. And I want to tell you today that if you get your house saved, don't think that you have failed. 
If you can get your house in the kingdom of God, your sons, your daughters, your, your, your companions, if you can get your children into the house of God, your family into the house of God, you will be successful. Noah was, was successful because he got his family in. Don't ever give up on your family. Don't ever give up on your family. Verse 26, it said, likewise, as it also was in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they played, planted, they built. But the day that the Lord Lot went out from Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so will it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. He gives us two indications and he says that people don't change what they're doing. It's going to be like an ordinary day. He isn't talking against marriage. He isn't talking against doing these uh, planting and, and all of these things. He's saying they didn't change nothing in their lives. They just kept on like it was just everyday normal going on, nothing changing. And suddenly... Noah gets in the ark and God shuts the door. Suddenly Lot walks out of Sodom and when he takes the left step out of Sodom, hellfire begins to come down and destroy everyone in Sodom. And he said, as it is in these people's day, in Noah's day, in Lot's day, so shall it be in the coming of the son of man when the church is raptured from this place the wrath and the judgment of God will fall like hell all over this universe and there will be no escaping it there will be no escaping it judgment is coming You don't want to miss the rapture. In Lot's day, there was the spirit of Sodom. In our day, you don't have to look for it. It's all around us. When the Christians are taken away, the judgment of God and the wrath of God is going to fall upon the earth. And there's not going to be any way to escape what is taking place in the earth. People say, well, whenever it comes that time, then I'll accept the Lord. And listen, don't fool yourself. If you can't live for him now, you'll never die for him then. Never. Never. Today is the day of salvation. Now's the accepted hour. Today's the time. And you say, well, Pastor, we've still got plenty of time. I've, I, I just heard this all my life. They heard Noah for 120 years. I heard him for 120 years and they never, they laughed at him, said, oh man, you're crazy. Late night comedians like having fun with the church, laughing and trying to humiliate and embarrass the body of Christ by their jokes. But I want to tell you, it's not going to be a laughing matter when the church is raptured out. 
but it'll be too late. Judgment will come. Judgment will come. And he said, when you see these things begin, when you see the blood moons, when you see the the spirit of Sodom, when you see all of these things, nature taking its course, when you see the birds going to Israel, when he said, when you begin to see this, start looking up. Because your redemption, your redeemer is drawing near. That's where we're at. This is where we're living. And it's time for the church to quit patty caking and quit playing games and living half in and half out. And it's time for us to get a real relationship with Christ and say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus for it is the power of God unto salvation. If I've got to die for it, I'll die for it. But I tell you, while I'm here, I'll live for it. What is your conviction today? I told you last week that head knowledge it's a, gets you on the right path, but it's not until your heart has been changed that you are a believer, that you're a child of God. We are living in these end times and it's not enough to have information. You have to have a transformation where that old things pass away and behold, all things become new and you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. It isn't good enough to go to church. It isn't good enough to go through the religious rigors of the day. It's not good enough even for us to do things in the church. We've got to have something happen in our heart. We've got to believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ. We've got to acknowledge that he is the son of the living God and that we are sinners. And that without him we can do nothing. But then we have to not only know that, but we've got to confess it with our mouth. Say, God, I'm a sinner. I've I've missed it. I've lost my way. I need you in my life. I need your power, your presence to transform me because I do not have the ability myself. I'm just as sure as I'm standing here today that the greatest move of God that's ever come to this planet is just ahead of us. But the church has got to get ready for the harvest. If you're here today and you don't know Christ or you've drawn cold and indifferent in your relationship today, if there's uncertainty in your heart, if the Lord was to return today, if you would be ready or not, I want to help you. You're not. You're not. Because whenever you have accepted him into your life and into your heart, there's a no-so. I know that I'm saved. Nobody can talk me out of it. The blood has been applied to my life and I become a new creature, creature in Christ Jesus. So today, if you don't know that in your heart, today is a great day to be saved. Today is a great day to accept Jesus as your personal savior. 
Because it isn't just a, it isn't a scare tactic. It's a reality. Anytime the Lord could return for his church. The question is, are we ready? Are we ready? Stand with me this morning. If you know in your heart that you're not ready for his return, or if there's questions in your mind, in your heart, about your readiness, I want to invite you today to come and pray. I want to pray with you. Others here will pray with you. And we'll believe God to minister to you this morning.